This is a HeadGum Podcast. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Cheryl, hey. Hey, hey. Listen, this is a really extraordinary documentary. Yeah, it's great. And... I think we should tell everybody that we have this amazing merchandise now. It's great. Great merch for the holidays. You guys, it's really funny. It's cute. What do we have? Like, are you a snark bull? You bet your sweet ass I am. You can go to podswag.com slash true story and get some merch. Do it. Podswag.com slash true story. Okay, let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. Yeah. Ladies and jerks, welcome to All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling I am the first ever podcast, and Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Uh, Tig. Hey, Tig. Hey, Cheryl. I see you doing some uh, laundry. <laughs> yeah, I'm folding clothes. Um, we are in Mississippi. Okay. At my cousin's house. Uh, we're here for my very delayed, the very delayed memorial for my stepfather, Cowboy Rick. Oh, wow. And uh, I don't know if you've experienced this, but when... I'm, I'm folding laundry because, you know, when you travel with kids, they go through so many outfits in oh, one day. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, they're not um, clean eaters or players. No, they're not clean eaters. And then they have these, you know, we're down here in Mississippi and they've got their crazy Cajun cousin. So they've all been running <laughs> wild and jumping in the swimming pool. Everybody's filthy. There's mosquito bites, <laughs> ant bites, sunburns. Okay, guys. Um, and so. <laughs> okay, so. It's a circus. It's it, a circus. It's a, did you say snurkus? It is a circus. And I'm oh, like, I'm trying to. You're trying yeah, to hold I'm, it I'm all trying, together. I'm trying to multitask. You are. Yeah. I like that we're talking about a very serious documentary today. And you're doing laundry. And there's just like chaos all around us. I know it is such a serious documentary, but how are you? How are you doing? I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Should I dig deeper or let it no, go? No, don't dig deeper. No, don't dig deeper because it is too much under that little layer. But you know what? As as things unfold, I'll share with all the snorkels. But one day at a okay. time, sweet Jesus. One day at yeah. a time. Yes, 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 sweet Jesus. Ah, sweet Jesus. Okay, well. And I want to apologize yeah. ahead of time to our listeners because this is such a heavy, it's heavy. heavy. Oh gosh, it's and heavy. there's 10 million people in my cousin's house right now. So I'm so sorry if there's some weird interruption that doesn't fit the vibe of the show. Yes, it's not a reflection on uh, the subject matter that we're talking about. No, it's a reflection on my family. <laughs> It once again, it's a comedy podcast, and sometimes we get yeah, these this very is... serious documentaries, and it's like, whoa, trying to just strike a balance. Exactly. Well, <clears throat> I like that my voice already cracked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there anything that we need to discuss before we get in, in into it? Well, I guess we should mention what it is. All right. Well, okay. Today, we are talking about All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. It's a 2022 film directed by Laura Hoytress. It follows the life and career of renowned photographer Nan Golden, as well as her public battle with the Sackler family, makers of the drug Oxycontin. Mm -hmm. Is it Oxycontin or Oxycontin? I don't know. Have you ever taken that medication? I'm sure I have. But I don't, yeah. it didn't like strike me as, I don't know, it, it it wasn't something that I was like, whoa, I love this or I hate this. So I don't even remember taking it. But anyway, yeah. All the Beauty and the Bloodshed premiered at the Venice Film Festival and was nominated for an Oscar for Best Documentary. It's available to watch on HBO Max. Ooh, mm -hmm. whoa. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, I know we're not, a. We're, this show is not, we don't review documentaries. We, we just talk. Right. And chat about the documentaries, sometimes not even about the documentaries, yeah. but um, I will say, yeah, I really liked this documentary. Oh, interesting. Okay. You did not. I, I, I listen. Once again, we're not here to review it. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll talk about it all, but it like it really covers a lot of themes. Yeah, it does. It there's a lot going. There's on. There's a lot going on, and for my taste, I'm more of a like let's. I, I like to focus on one thing. Yeah, but that's okay. just me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, of course, it was very well done, and I like that. I was surprised that it was nominated for an Oscar. I guess I should have read this before we started, but um, th that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, this film is about photographer Nan Golden, who grew up in a claustrophobic suburb. Her parents bought a lot, and Nan's sister Barbara was rebellious. Barbara had feelings for girls, but was made to fear her sexuality. Mm -hmm. She was sent away to institutions and eventually died of suicide. Nan's mom didn't want Nan to know the truth. So, I mean, that's where we start mm -hmm. with this documentary. Yeah. So, yeah. It, and it's just, it's a, um, you know, it's her, it's Nan's journey of her childhood, what that meant to her, her sister, her parents, her sexuality, 
Mm -hmm. how that shaped her and her career as a photographer. Should we hear from Nan just to get a, an idea yeah, of who I she think so. is? Okay. I think that's a good idea. Okay. So let's she's, just, she's, yeah. she's a really uh, interesting character. Yes. And you know, I have to say before we even hear Nan, yeah. I don't know the clip we're about to play, yes. but I don't know if you noticed this or f even felt this way. And I just, I like the way that she talks. I felt like she was so poetic in ways. Yes. I mean, she, she's clearly a very intelligent person and articulate. And mm -hmm. even the tone of her voice is so low. Yeah. You know, I'd, I would like start and stop the documentary, just to make sure I know who I'm listening to and staying on track. Okay, but here. So this is Nan talking about her philosophy on photography. Okay. It was like a flash of euphoria. I know when, you know, a picture works, I get a rush. If they didn't like one of the pictures, they tore them up and that was okay with me. I've always wanted the people in the pictures to be proud of being in the work. People have said, oh, I didn't know I was that beautiful, which is, you know, what I want them to feel. Okay, so we'll explain all of that and who she's taking pictures of. Nan's most important relationships are with her friends. And in 2018, she wrote an essay about how she became addicted to oxycotton. Thomas, is that how you say it? Or do you say oxycotton? Yeah, oxycodone is like the generic name of the drug, I think. And oxycotton is a brand that the Sacklers sell. Oh, I see. Hold on. I, I, ha I have to close some extra doors. Okay, to, stand by. It sounds like they're... Invading. Zeroing in on okay. my turf. Are you back? <laughs> yeah, it's just there's, uh, I think, nine kids under seven running around this house. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, okay. just screaming. Um, but go ahead. <laughs> At some point, Nan, she wrote an essay about how she became addicted to Oxycontin that she had been prescribed for for surgery. And when she got out of mm -hmm. treatment, she learned that the Sackler family was responsible. So this family mm -hmm. that made Oxycontin. Did you see the, uh, did you see, uh, oh gosh, what was the Michael Keaton film? No. Um, Thomas No, I didn't. And here comes a braggadocious alert. I but can't wait. <laughs> my friend created that show. Braggadocious alert. <laughs> Dope sick. Dope sick. Yeah. His name is Danny Strong and he was like a, a like a character actor I think from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm, okay. And and then he did he became this writer and he just blew up. It's insane to see the amount of shows that he created and movies that he's done that are huge. But anyway. Well, that one was, re that was really good. And it was about, it was all about Oxycontin and, and how it yeah. came on the scene and just yeah. sidebar, total sidebar. Also braggadocious alert. I played uh, Michael Keaton's love interest in Herbie fully <gasps> loaded. Braggadocious <laughs> alert. <laughs> I just wanted to let everyone know that because it makes um well you're important. always trying to wedge in any information about Herbie fully loaded. And also uh 
who else was in Herbie Fully Loaded? Oh, uh, oh, uh. Give it to us. No, the redheaded. Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> Thank you, Lindsay Lohan. Okay. The redheaded. <laughs> the redheaded. The redheaded. The redheaded. Well, I was trying. I couldn't get. Listen, at least. At least I had that. Okay, a, a few years down the road, are you going to say, remember, I did that podcast What with the brown hair? Yeah, it's quite possible. Brit Lesbo, brown hair oh Lesbo. That's quite possible. Um. Okay, listen, back to serious matters, very serious matters. Okay, yeah. so in this documentary, we see Nan leading a protest at the Sackler wing of the Metropolitan Museum of Art. So the Sackler family had all of this amazing art. They have clearly mm -hmm. lots and lots of money and they mm -hmm. really appreciate art and they donated a lot of art to different museums. And so they have a whole wing at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. As one does. As, as one does. So Nan organize a die-in, D-I-E. It was almost like performance art, wasn't it? When you're watching it? Fully. Yeah, it was really compelling. Yeah. So they all, a, a bunch of people went to the Sackler Wing and they had made these pill bottles, uh -huh. you know, like a pres prescription bottles. And all at the same time, they threw these prescription bottles into like the fountain there and mm -hmm. everybody stopped in their tracks and didn't know what was going on. And then, you know, as the, the security guards started to move in, the Nan and some of the protesters just lay down on the ground mm -hmm. as a die in. And um, yeah. they were protesting the Sackler family. And their, their main mission was to say to the world, to the museum, the Sacklers are the ones that started this whole country on this oxycodone, oxycotton mm -hmm. uh, addiction. Addiction. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. With little regard for mm -hmm. people. They just really mm -hmm. wanted to sell it. They wanted to get people addicted, which they did. And they seemingly, but it certainly seems like truth, you know, this is all true, that they knew, knew people were being addicted, getting addicted, and they were telling doctors and people, no, it's not addictive. And people were addicted. Yeah. So Nan started an organization. Pain. Pain, P-A-I-N, mm -hmm. Prescription Addiction Intervention Now. And they really mm -hmm. wanted to take down the Sacklers. Mm -hmm. And at this point, Anne was a very well-established artist and her art is photography. Yeah. So she had a decision to make at that point in her life and her career. Am I going to do this in a very big public way, even at these museums, knowing that it could tank her career? And she, yeah. she, and she said, yeah, she wanted to do that. Yeah. The Sacklers started with three brothers, mm -hmm. Arthur, Mortimer, and Raymond. And Arthur was an art collector who made his fortune through the marketing of Valium. That was also crazy. 
Yeah. They're the ones that started Val that that created Valium. These people, man. And okay, Cheryl. Yes, Cheryl. What? Oh, finish what you're going to no, say. No, you but finish what you're going to say. Well, we have to take a oh, break. Oh, for ball's sake. Okay. Okay. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we are back You're on back. Tig and Cheryl True, True Story. All the beauty and the bloodshed. Yes. Okay. So we left off where they were doing the die-in, and now Nan and Pain, P-A-I-N, they're really, you know, causing a spectacle, and now people are noticing. And this journalist, Patrick Radden Keith, investigated mm -hmm. the Facklers for The New Yorker, and he received dozens of legal notices from the family. And after Patrick's article came out, Nan asked to meet with him. You know, Nan is building this, movement really i felt so inspired i have to say did you feel that way or were you like this is not my thing i felt like uneasy mm -hmm. it's so not my world it's not my world either yeah but like even just the idea of organizing people mm -hmm. to do something at the same time for the purpose yeah. of being noticed and sometimes arrested that just makes my heart like even though i'm i'm even though i'm around things like that a lot it still is like yeah whew, i i'm not that person i i'm not yeah. that person yeah and and it's one it's that situation though where when you are pushed to the edge and you've experienced near death or you have this anger yeah about being wronged and and then you see this side of yourself and i'm not saying i have no idea i mean maybe this wasn't a leap for her but you see people do these things that are so extraordinary and you don't know where you're going to land on the other side and it's like oh my gosh this is this is what it takes to make change and to be to be heard yeah and it's so brave yeah and it's so necessary to release this anger within yourself and to reclaim to reclaim yourself and to save others and it's just so like whoa i was watching it thinking what can i do what do i need to do where in my life can i be helpful what you know and who knows if i'll do anything but it i certainly it came over you. me yeah 
Yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, whoa, yes. Yes, Nan, yes. Yeah. Hey, Nan, hey. Hey, Nan, Nan hey. if you're listening, oh boy, if you're listening, thank you. And um, yes, this is not going to be a great coverage of your, of your documentary. Yeah, thank you, Nan. But, we but also you. Cheryl won't be joining you. She appreciates <laughs> you, but she will not be joining you on the front or back lines of your uh, movement. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so the thing about this documentary that like sort of, I don't want to say confused because that's a little too dramatic, but I had a hard time sort of going back, back and forth to real time. And now we're, and then she would go back and talk about her childhood again. Mm-hmm. To me, that was like, oh, I think I'm a more um, linear thinker. Okay. You know what that makes me think of right away what? is what was that movie that the spotless mind? Oh, yeah. You know, the what, sunshine. Oh. That's not linear. Yeah. And I never said that was my favorite movie. No. And I was going to say, how did that <laughs> strike you? It, it, I don't like it. Even remember Memento? And I was like, oh, boy. Okay, God. Now we got to go back. It's, I, I like it. I like it to be like in 1972, this happened. And then in 75, then in happened. 1973, <laughs> yes, I need to go through year by year, walk me through it. Um, so yeah. So then in, mm-hmm. in this, that the, we went back in time and now she, you know, she was talking about how, um, she then was thrown out of her parents' home and many foster homes and she mm-hmm. ended up in a hippie free school <laughs> at yeah. 15. She was extremely shy and barely spoke. So her parents were very, tell me if I'm right and tell me if this is what you saw. They were in the suburbs and wanted to be, project a certain um, image. image. Right. So yeah. when mm-hmm. So when their daughter, Barbara, was rebellious and not acting the way they thought she should act. Mm -hmm. We won't say what happened to her yet because we're not going to skip ahead. Although didn't you already say what happened to Barbara? Well, yeah, but I mean, Cheryl, for someone who likes linear storylines. Well, because didn't it come out that her parents placed Barbara in an orphanage? Mm hmm. Yeah. And it seemed like Barbara was, you know, when she hit puberty, that's when she was having lesbian tendencies. So the Mm -hmm. parents, especially the mother, couldn't handle it. And so they... Well, they I think they saw it as mental illness, right? Yes, that's right. It's so sad and hard Mm -hmm. to imagine that happening. Yeah. Because it's so far removed from my experience of the world, but that's why this documentary is powerful and important because you see that people just don't have uh, the capacity to figure out how to love their children sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's a a very difficult idea to, to accept. It is. It's, it's like, Obviously, it was a different time, yeah. And people kept things so under wraps, and there was so much shame, and there wasn't conversation around. I mean, obviously, that still happens, right? And you know, where that people 
shun their children and don't understand whether they're gay or trans or, you know, whatever it is that's going on. But it's, it's certainly, I mean, we're leaps and bounds beyond that in ways. Right. I mean, probably because people can communicate with each other via social media. So Mm -hmm. back in the day, well, no, not necessarily. I mean, I was going to say, and other things we can't give social media all the credit. No, I don't want to give social media all the credit <laughs> by any means or not and not even social media, but even, you know, online, you can at least look things up and see, mm-hmm. oh, there are other people like me. Well, yeah. And there's TV shows yeah. and movies and books and, and so many things. And that's why it's imperative that there's um, visibility for people. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think about myself not ever really seeing anything. And um, and it does make you feel. Oh, when you were growing up? like Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I always say the cl- closest I ever saw was, you remember the character Joe on Facts of Life? <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh, I'm like. And nobody ever said that she was gay right. and she's not gay in real life. But I was truly like. Oh, oh, that's me. Yeah. Or that that'd be my friend. Yeah. Or you know, whereas other shows I was like, I don't know. I don't I don't see I don't myself. Really see in, myself. Yeah. So I'll just be over here watching Sanford and Son. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Yeah, just enjoying the show, but not really, you know, uh yeah. connecting with it in a way. Right. Right. How about Peppermint Patty? She was always kind of I always liked her. Oh, yeah. No, Peppermint Patty yeah. for sure. And I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show, but I played Peppermint Patty. <laughs> Ragadocious uh, a- alert! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the school play when I was in fourth grade. Okay. And the we- I was so excited to get the part, but then the weird twist yeah. was that I had to wear a dress. Yeah. that's That is a weird twist. But I guess, did Peppermint Patty wear a dress? No, I felt like Peppermint Patty wore some like kind of long shirt and shorts and sandals. Oh, Thomas, can we get a confirmation on Peppermint? Oh, so that was, that's, you know, that's not okay that they made Yeah, totally lame. (laughs) And I felt so uncomfortable. I was like, you were like, I'm, well, way to, way to ruin this part. Oh, yeah. So Thomas is showing us a picture of Peppermint Patty, and she's got kind of like Birkenstock type of shoes. Yeah. And a big oversized shirt. And Yeah. Trust me, I know. You know. Yeah. And and somehow I was put in a dress and I think tennis shoes. Yeah, that's not okay. No. It was not only not okay, a hate crime is what I would like to say. (laughs) Well, that's, that's really taking it to a 10. Okay. Um, so at 15, Nan was very shy. Then she met a guy named David. This was also a time in the in the documentary when I had to stop it and re- rewind it. Is that a thing? Uh, because <laughs> they said- That hasn't been a thing in- um, <laughs> Since 19- uh, Two decades? That they were stealing steaks together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, maybe I heard that wrong. Because is that a thing? How do you steal steaks? And what also I was confused about was, did they go into the grocery store together to steal steaks? Or they both reached for a steak at the same time and then caught each other's eyes and said, whoa, you're my type of person. 
Yeah, that is confusing. Um, <laughs> it was confusing to me. Did that make I, sense to you or you didn't? No, you didn't I, rewind. You didn't it rewind. didn't make sense, but I also just took it in in the moment where you're watching something. You go, what? And then you just kind of watch the next scene. Yeah, I had know? to stop it down and get to the bottom of it. And I was like, yeah, they did say steaks, like steaks yeah. that you eat. Yeah. It's just a weird thing to steal. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, why yeah. not steal something that's already cooked? Or It just it seems a lot. What do you do with the steak after you steal it? Anyway. You cook it. Yeah, but. Why do you need 15? the stolen steak to be cooked? Well, because if she's 15, I'm not even sure she, where she was living at the time. It just seems like a, that's another step. That's another complicated yeah, step. Yeah, I don't, I, that's not what would trip it's me up. It's clearly what baffled you is how is a 15 year old going to get a steak cooked? Yeah, I was very concerned about that. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. Okay, I'm, I'll, I'll move on from it. Okay. Um, And so David, so they became good friends and then David named her Nan because she mm -hmm. was previously Nancy. Mm -hmm. And then Nan started taking photos and it really gave... Oh, here's, that is what yes. did confuse me. Okay. There was some big point about him naming her Nan when her name yeah. was Nancy. That also, <laughs> honestly, I had to stop it again because I was like, am I, did I miss something and then I, I thought I, I don't know I got a little confused like why yeah that confused that, me more why was that such a big deal that he named her Nan well that he just dropped the C. second half of her name yeah, yeah he dropped C and then she was I like, don't well, know somebody finally sees me for who I am I was like okay. yeah this this feels right <laughs> this feels right so at some point, she moved in with David and a drag queen, and they went to Goodwill, and they attended drag balls, if you will. Wait, and what? This is what my outline says, drag balls. <laughs> like drag, <laughs> like drag parties. It's in my it's drag. In <laughs> well, even if it's in the outline, you can kind of, can't your eyes glance ahead and see that you're about to say drag balls? Well, no, as I was still stuck on Goodwill, they went to okay. Goodwill. They went to Goodwill. Goodwill. <laughs> Do you put the emphasis on good or will? Goodwill. I think on will. Well, how do you say it? Goodwill. Oh, you even it out. You say goodwill. <laughs> I do. Drag balls. Drag balls. <laughs> Drag balls. Drag. Drag balls. And they went to drag balls. Anyway, and so this is what we were talking about with Nan taking photographs, that Nan would take photographs of the drag queens, and then they would kind of compete with each other to see who got their picture taken more often. And with that, we do, we do need to take a quick break, and we will be back. And listeners, do not worry. We will be back yeah, on Tig and Cheryl True Story. 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 Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back on Tig and Cheryl True Story. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna barrel through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Your dragon balls. We're at the drag balls. So they went to Provincetown a lot, which is in Cape Cod. Mm -hmm. And that was exciting. Nan worked. This was also a moment where I had to stop it. Okay. Once again, I get bogged down with the details because she said she worked at a Portuguese hot dog stand. Confused. You do get bogged down with details. Because I was like, "What? What is a Portuguese hot dog stand? Is that something d- different than a an American hot, hot dog stand?" I don't know. I mean, I rarely frequent. I, I don't frequent stand. hot dog stands. Whether Nor it's, do I. Yeah, whether it's American, um, Portuguese, Portuguese. <laughs> um, but I was just like, "Why is that a detail that we should be paying attention to?" And then you realize, oh, I don't think it is. Well, maybe you could write in to the director or you could contact Nan and ask why did we need the information on the Portuguese, the Portuguese hot, dog hot dog stand. Okay. And then now we go back sort of to the present day. Mm-hmm. Protests are happening and are held at the Sackler Museum in Harvard at the Guggenheim where Nan is a part of the permanent collection. Mm-hmm. So the Sacklers are now on trial. A document is released showing Richard Sackler bragged that the country would be under a blizzard of prescriptions. It's really sickening. It really is. is. It is. Like, how is that? I don't even understand. Like, Like, what do you, what are you thinking about for, like, do you care nothing about people, People's the well-being. future, the, right, the no. well-being of, of anything, anything other than yourself? I don't, I really and don't money. understand. And just money, just greed. It's that, so. That's the only thing they cared about. And that inspired a protest at the Guggenheim where protests unleash a, a lizard, a lizard? So, oh boy. Please, Nan, I hope you're not listening. A literal blizzard. (laughs) They released a lizard. (laughs) I wish these two words weren't together. The protesters released a lizard. (laughs) No, they unleashed a literal, a literal. (laughs) Oh, they unleashed the lizard. They unleashed a blizzard of prescriptions. Mm -hmm. But it says a literal blizzard. I can't say it. So that was another thing too. That was that was really so amazing to watch in the film. So you have all these protesters inside the museum 
and all at once they start raining down. So many tears of the tears and tears of of staircases, right? Yes, and so these um, prescriptions started. Yeah, tears is good too, but. T-I-E-R-S. And they start raining down and now people are once again stopped in their tracks and they're seeing what's going on. And it was a big moment, you know, and it really raised awareness and people were understanding what, what was going on and who the Sacklers were and what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. Do we need to mention the blowjob? I couldn't hear you. Okay, well, I'll just say that at one point she Nan, Nan. Show, mm-hmm, she met this man, this curator named Marvin Heiferman, and I don't know why this is, but it is part of the story. Anyway, she had a big crate of photographs that she had to bring up the building in New York, and so in order to get the cab driver to help bringing up the photos Mm -hmm. she yes (laughs) performed oral sex and he helped her anyway that's just color for the story doesn't matter um (laughs) it doesn't matter then at some point nan talks about being a sex worker Mm -hmm. did that confuse you because at that point in the in time when I was watching the documentary, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. She was a photographer. She became an artist. People recognized her as an artist. And then it goes back to, at some point, she was a sex worker. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that must have confused me because I don't even remember that. <laughs> um, I watched this documentary – yeah. Is it possible a week and a half ago? That's possible. Yeah. So probably I've just been busy and traveling. And- There's a lot of details in this. And it's not a short documentary by any means. And there, and it's packed with one serious issue after another. So I yeah. think I felt like, wow, okay, being a sex worker is now another very serious issue that mm-hmm. we're tackling. And, yeah, I don't know how I, I missed well, that. No, because it was sort of brought up and then moved on to the next thing. Well, it would make sense why somebody could casually dole out blowjobs. Right. I think you're right. Yeah, I didn't I don't, even I'm, make that connection because, but you know what it reminded me of? Remember, what? was it fire? What was the fire? The fire festival? Mm-hmm. Remember? And the one guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was like, I guess I'll have to do this. Yeah. To get water on the island. <laughs> that is so... Are you that casual about no, that kind no, of thing? Not, not in the least. I... <laughs> I, I Like, say you had to get water on an island. That would, that would be so far down the list, I can't even... I, but was, if you had to get water on the island, <laughs> and that was the way. Come on. Would you? No. You would just drink your own urine. You can do that for like. Which I already do. <laughs> I, that, that I don't even have to be. You just, you just do it it's, 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 it's my drink of choice. It's oh, my God. own urine. 
Uh, good morning, listeners. Okay. Now Nan does a slideshow called Ballads of Sexual Dependency. Mm. And her father and Brian, she had an affair with a, a man named Brian. Yeah. And they both- She seemed into Brian. She was very into Brian. And mm-hmm. then that, and then it went south. Yeah. Brian and her father tried to stop the book from being published. I don't think they were doing it together necessarily, but each in their mm-hmm. own way. So now we're back to p- present day. Nan was set to do a career retrospective with the National Portrait Gallery in the UK. The museum mm-hmm. was in the process of accepting a $1.3 million grant from the Sacklers. So Nan threatened to withdraw her art. This was a huge moment. Yeah. The gallery dropped the Sacklers donation. I mean, that it was, is amazing. That's that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it is so incredible. And it's it's so cliche. But when people think, oh, as one person, I can't do anything. And obviously she rounded up a whole bunch of people that saw and executed her vision, but she started it. Right. And right. she did it. And it's and like, it's like, it. oh my gosh, it that's yes. massive. Yes. Especially when you're going up against people that are like, this could take you down. This could, this could ruin you. You well, cannot right. go head to head with this. And then yeah. you do it. Yeah. It was amazing. And then the Tate, Guggenheim, the Smithsonian, and other museums dropped their Sackler donations. They mm-hmm. just said, we're not, do- we're not taking them anymore. Hard pass. No, thank and you. Pretty amazing. And, and then Payne, P-A-I-N, was focused on getting institutions to drop the Sackler name from their buildings because these museums had the Sackler name on them because the Sacklers had donated so much money, had donated so much art. Nan testified to legislators and she was arrested at a street protest. Then in 1989, see, now we're kind of, see, we're going back in time again. Cheryl, just deal with it. That's how this movie is. That's how it is. Um, Yeah. Nan put on a show about the AIDS crisis. So here's another huge, serious subject that you know, deserves a documentary of its own. Yeah. So it was just a lot to take in. And she put on a, it featured a multitude of artists and Nan called painter David, oh no. Go on. Watched now. Give it a try. Watch. You can do it. Wojnarowitz. Sure. Okay. And asked him to write an essay for the catalog. And because of David's essay, the director of the gallery reached out to the National Endowment of the Arts with her concerns. They withdrew their grant for the show. You know, it's crazy yeah. to just think about, obviously, there's still such a huge opioid crisis. epidemic. Yes. Yeah, crisis, how, whatever you want to yes. call it. But to think of possibly how many lives that she has saved. Yeah, yeah. It's it it is really yeah it's extraordinary because i i think most people well especially years ago right mhm two decades ago didn't understand the especially if the sackler family is telling everybody that oxycontin is not addictive 
Yeah. People believed it. So of Mm -hmm. course, you know, your, your loved one is having surgery and you help them get through the pain by giving them Mm -hmm. what the doctor prescribed. And, and it, you know, was just years, decades of that. And then in present day, Nan speaks at the Louvre in Paris and the Mm -hmm. museum becomes the first to take down the Sackler name. And that was a, a very big deal. So at one point, Purdue, the name of the company that the Sacklers owned, filed mm-hmm. for bankruptcy to avoid 3,000 lawsuits. Mm-hmm. But the Sacklers still have their money because they started, mm-hmm. when, they, when all these lawsuits started coming at them, they started siphoning their money out of Purdue, mm-hmm. out of the company, and you know putting it into their private accounts and figuring out where to put their money. So when mm-hmm. they went bankrupt, the actual family still walked away with all their money. Mm-hmm. The Sacklers agree to pay $6 billion to gain legal immunity from civil charges. And the cost of the opioid crisis is $1 trillion. That is insane. Nan sees her story as being about conformity and denial, as well as stigma. So mm-hmm. it was great because you did get to see Nan talking to legislators. And she was saying, I was addicted I understand this because that's been my story as well. And after four years, the Met finally removed the Sackler name from seven of its galleries. Mm-hmm. Nan visits the museum and gets a ton of hugs from fellow activists. And the Sackler name has now been removed from many, many other institutions. And so that is such a huge accomplishment. And then simultaneously, you're like, so wait, there's still places with their name on there? I know. How? I know. How? I don't know. And that's really it in a nutshell. We did a terrible job. We at, did a terrible job we did a of terrible recapping. Job. Yeah, um, that was but, terrible. But it's a, it's a fascinating documentary and it's... Um, Mm-hmm. powerful and it's so powerful and nan has done an extraordinary job in her lifetime mm-hmm. oh boy Jubilee. well are you ready for some final thoughts i am it's time for happily ever after thoughts where we give our final thoughts on this documentary did you cry i did i cried you numerous did? times yeah, numerous times. You did. I did. Do you remember when? Yeah, when it was parents talking about losing their children. Yes. And I I just really got lost in those moments of the pain that, yeah, I did. Yeah. It was devastating. Because it was like we were just talking about. You have parents who they had no idea that that giving their children a pain medication would get them addicted mm-hmm. to it. And then from uh, Oxycontin, a lot of people then become addicted to heroin. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then now with so many drugs being laced with fentanyl, it, mm-hmm. people are overdosing all of the time every day. And it's just beyond tragic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, have you, I was going to say, have you lost 
somebody to addiction overdose? Um, yes. It's so tragic. And, mm -hmm. it, and a lot of times you see it's, it's almost like it's happening in slow motion because you can see the decline of that person and addiction is so powerful. It's so powerful. It's heart-wrenching. Yeah. Um, I mean, do we need to talk about who we were attracted to? No, we'll skip that. We'll skip it. And just in case this is your first time to listen to yes. the show, typically we will talk about who in the documentary we're attracted to. And then there's some episodes where we're just like, we this can't even do that nonsense. Did you cry? No, it seems like you didn't because you were laughing like, and starting so much. Trying well, to no, because when I said I cried numerous times, you were like, you did. You, I you know. did. I'm surprised. Did you cry? No. Okay. Well, you cried at hands on a hard body. <laughs> that's, that's the type of thing that really gets me. Mm. Um, Tig, would you, would you like to do any true story talk back to any, anybody or any member of this? Yeah. Family? I'd like to just say right now to the Sackler family, take your own name off of everything that it's on. Yeah. Take your own name off. Why does anyone have to fight you to take your name off? How dare you keep your name on? Yeah. I second that. I mean, truly. It's it's like, like have have some decency. It's what what where do you go from here, Sackler family? Like, you know, what do you do next? People are it's watching. Despicable. It's despicable. Woo! Oh my gosh. Okay. That's all for this week's episode. Next week, we'll be talking about losing sight of shore on Tubi. Okay, Tig, should we do some some true fan mail to connect? Yeah, with sure. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. Ooh, we got to like shake that off for one second. Mm -hmm. This is from Dina. Hey, Dina. Hey, hey. Dina. Hey. No, it might be Dinah. Wait, how do you know if it's Dina or Dinah? I don't. Dinah. Let's, hmm. Okay. Hey guys, I know I'm a little behind, but I'm just listening to Cheryl talk about unfairly losing a costume contest and empathize <laughs> deeply. <laughs> I was once in a costume contest at a boring office job where I was very much the weirdo in the office. That year I was dressed impeccably, oh no, as sexy Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> There were only about three of us in the contest, and I lost to a lady wearing an inflatable sumo wrestler suit she bought at Walmart. I've been mad ever since. Thank you for the podcast. <laughs> that does seem like an injustice. It does. You know. Yeah. I mean, sexy Abraham Lincoln. Bad. I mean, is there any other Abraham Lincoln, by the way? I really would love to see this costume. It's hard to imagine what that is. Yeah. Okay. Jessica writes, hey, Jessica. Hey, Jessica. Hey. This is going to sound like a bummer, but it isn't. Okay. okay. Last August, my 11-year-old daughter was admitted to Connecticut Children's Medical Center, a pediatric hospital, to treat an infection. The hospital is awesome. They have so many great things for the kids. One is a clown. Uh-oh. I was impressed that the clown could entertain a tween, 
but for the entire 30 minute visit, I was holding back from screaming, scrim clown (laughs) and giggling in my head. Such an inappropriate setting, but I'm an unashamed snorkel. Oh, thank you for bringing levity to a very difficult situation. Don't worry. I didn't actually yell at the volunteer clown. (laughs) I'm so glad I have your podcast to look forward to each week. Not to be scandalous, but I listen in the shower. Take that, Aiden. Oh, Oh, whoa. Jessica, that's a long shower. I mean, that is. How can you listen to a podcast in a shower? I don't know. I mean, we we went from sexy Abraham Lincoln to <laughs> a naked snorkel. Jessica in a shower. Jessica, put a t- wrap a towel around you. By the way, I love that she calls out Aiden because <laughs> I mean, by the way, Aiden is he's pretty cute mm-hmm. and kind uh, of one of our only nameable, <laughs> other than snorkel. Brandy. Brandy, but we haven't seen. Have we seen Brandy? No. I mean, Brandy, if you're out there, please let us know. How you doing? Sending a a pick. Okay. I mean, Aiden is very verbal and he pops up everywhere. Meanwhile, Brandy. Brandy. Where the hell (laughs) did she go? Where's Brandy? Whoa, Tig. That we did it. That was a lot today. Boy, that was a lot. It was a lot. It was a heavy, heavy documentary. And also, I'm recording while I'm in Mississippi at my cousin's house with 30 people, 10 of them. Children just running around screaming. So I can't believe I got through this. Yeah. Tig, is there anything that you want to plug? Get your tickets now for Charlotte, North Carolina, April 17th. And also Red Bank, New Jersey, April 20th. Poughkeepsie, New York, April 21st. And keep your eyes and ears peeled. I will be releasing the taping date for my next stand-up special. I'd love for you to come out. I'll also be in Vegas on May 20th. Go to tignotaro.com. I have a bunch of dates where you can get tickets and show information online. Also, check out Don't Ask Tig, my other podcast. Cheryl, do you have anything? No. I mean, they know. Okay. Sorry to bother you. You know, if you don't know, then forget about it. But I am going to keep my ears peeled. Okay. Just like you said. Okay. All right, Tig. Should we do it again? Yes. Yes. Let's do it again. Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willett, audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett, with production assistance from Bobby Pearson. Music by David Sesson. Special thanks to Gabby Kovacic, Patrick McDonald, and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at tigandcherylTrueStory at gmail.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.